green giant. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Welcome to episode 50 of Comical Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Corbett, and with me is... Horstocles. The one and only. The one and only. I've been back now for two episodes. That's right. In a row. You want a, you want a cookie? That's right. <laughs> back oats. <laughs> I think there might be some left. We just got done eating Thanksgiving dinner, so both of us are pretty full, kind of tired. Yeah. You know? Smoked turkey, man. Oh, it was, it was awesome. That's the way to go. Yeah, it was a, it was a great day. Dude, the gravy was the gravy was addicted, and I was ready to drink it with a straw. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is this is kind of an interesting week. We had Brian David Marshall on, who is the face of the Magic the Gathering Pro Tour, among other things. He used to be a comic book writer. He used to be a comic book editor. He's been involved in lots of different worlds. So basically, he's the shit. He's he's a really cool dude. Gotcha. Uh, so we had him on earlier in the week and did a little interview with him. We're gonna play that for you later on today. But first, we're gonna talk about some comics. Comics. That's what we're here for, right? Yes, we are. So we didn't get to read everything this week, not like we normally do. Miguel was out of the office on Wednesday and didn't pick up his books, so he only got to read a little bit of my stuff today, but I told him what was good for the week, so hopefully from the books I gave him, you were able to form a, an opinion. You can't control me. <laughs> I'm not trying to control you. I'm just giving you what was available. Plus, there was another box of stuff that didn't actually make it to our shop. Uh, we ended up not getting Rasputin and Scarlet Spiders and a few other things. What so. is going on, man? I don't know, something with diamond shipping, but... Are we not popping enough that diamond can just ship directly to us? I wish that was the case. Brought to you by Diamond Comics. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a hell of a sponsor to I know, right? <laughs> sure. Let's just start pimping everybody to you. Uh, who made the turkey? Uh, Whole Foods. Thank you. Whole Foods, sponsoring Comical Podcasts. <laughs> Worth a try, right? I'll take whatever we can get. <laughs> Green giant. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Out of the books you did read this week, which were obviously a smaller number than normal, what were your top two? Uh, number two, sidekick number nine. Absolutely. You know how I hate books without words. Or I hate <laughs> books with too many damn words. Yeah. This was appropriate. You know, sidekick is one of those series that started out really weak. Uh, I'm a fan of J. Michael Straczynski's writing, but... Yeah, because you know I didn't like it after book two. Right, you gave up on it pretty early, and I kept telling you, you got to read it, you got to read it, it's going to get better, it's going to get better. You forced it on me. And I did kind of force you to read it. The first five issues were a little slow. It's about this guy who was sidekick to this really well-known Superman-type hero. And, you know, he had a few powers. He could fly. He was enhanced strength, enhanced durability, but he was not invulnerable. Mm -hmm. And his uh, main hero guy that he was following around was basically impervious to everything. Yep. So for years, they fought alongside each other against bad guys and stuff. And then one day, something happened where the main hero got killed. So that left the sidekick all on his own. Well, he tried to elevate himself and keep on fighting as the sidekick name, but the city wasn't interested in having him, and the villains kind of laughed at him, and nobody took him seriously. They all made fun of him, and he kind of went into hiding for a while. After a couple years, he came back as a different hero. Like, he created a new identity, and for a while, it was going good. He moved to another city, and he was fighting crime. Everything was great. Until there was an accident, and people found out who he really was, and then nobody took him seriously again. Yep. So after that accident, after he was kind of dejected from his role as the city's hero, he met this woman who also has superpowers. And she sort of unlocked his mind to some other potential he didn't know he had. And That's what we call it now, unlocking <laughs> his mind. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, they had their own little romantic thing going on, but 
she also did kind of help him become a better fighter, a better better user of his abilities, right? So you're saying behind every good strong man there's a strong woman? Sometimes. Okay. So he finds out that his original hero, though the guy he was following around, still exists. Like, he's alive, and he's out there in the world hiding his identity, and he's been on the run for years and years. And he, he's determined to find him and punish him for putting him in this situation. So around issue 7, uh, the story flip-flops, and he goes from being this down-on-his-luck sidekick who wants to be a hero to saying, to hell with it all. If everybody wants to treat me like I'm worthless and treat me like a villain, I'm just going to be one. So he becomes a villain, and he names himself Sidekick as kind of an ironic slap in the face of those people. Well, in this particular issue, like you said, there's no dialogue. It's all art. The art's fantastic. The art is actually drawn by uh, Tom Mandrake. Really excellent job of getting all the story through without any words. Yeah, he didn't need the words this time. (laughs) The, him and the, his girlfriend, super villainous, whatever you want to call her, they're on the trail of the original superhero trying to find him, trying to track him down, and they managed to do it. They've been searching for a really long time through some uh, unorthodox <laughs> DNA sampling. Just say it, man. Just say it. <laughs> the chick went down on the superhero. Yeah, some other girl went down on the superhero, had some DNA on her shirt, and they detected it. I don't think it was on her shirt. Well, was on her shirt. <laughs> And that's how they uh, managed to find out he was still alive like they suspected, and he was where they thought he was. So the next issue looks like it's going to be pretty epic. Um, this is a really cool series. I highly recommend picking up the trades when it comes out. Uh, like I said, the beginning of the book is kind of slow, but I think this was meant to be taken as a whole story, not as a, a weekly kind of thing. So reading it all back-to-back, I think you'll enjoy it a lot more than you would if you were picking up the serials. Yeah. Hey, man, thanks for that in-depth, uh, you know, Tell about the story there, Shadai. That was really good. <laughs> I just had to give you some crap. That was pretty good, man. Yeah, it looks really, really good. I enjoyed it. I think it's going to be interesting now. You know, But it makes you wonder, what did the good guy, the superhero, think of his sidekick? He wasn't even going to tell him what he was going to do. I mean, you could have just walked away, dude. Look, I got to leave, and I, here's why I'm going. So you're going to be on your own now. No, I'm just going to fake my death and make you think this crap and not even tell you. So I must think you're a piece of crap. It's like if I up and decide just to leave and make up some BS to you, and you think I got mugged or somewhere else and I'd never show up and you find me. And, well, I'm not saying I'm the superhero and you're the sidekick, but you know what I mean. I, you'll be at CC's. I know where you'll be. What? <laughs> <laughs> I can't come back from that. But yeah, that just makes you wonder what he, you know, what he actually thinks of him. Yeah. It's a, like, there's a lot of human elements to this story. You know, you really get to see how down on his luck and how dejected sidekick feels. You really do feel of pain. And you kind of understand why he turns to villainy. So... I really enjoyed it. It was actually my number one book. Nice. My number one, Sheltered, number 13. (laughs) We're flip-flopping again. That was my number two. The book is amazing. Oh, my gosh. These kids are nuts. You got cops, FBI, news helicopters. It it just got crazy. I really love it, and now some crap's really going to go down. Yeah, the kids have really ramped up their game. Uh, If you don't know what Sheltered is, it's a story written by Ed Brisson and drawn by Johnny Christmas. And basically, it's this... Preppers Society. It's these people that expect the end of the world to happen. There's this volcano that's supposed to erupt and wipe out everything in the area they live in. So all these families move there, and they've been you know, building up a, a supplies and armory and all that kind of stuff for the last few years. Well, a lot of those families had kids, and the kids have been working alongside their parents and learning all these useful skills. And as time goes by, they realize their parents are going to you know, reduce the amount of time they, they can survive. So the leader of the kids, this guy named Lucas... Nut job. He's a nut job. He's a real asshole kid. Recruits all the other kids, convinces them that their parents are worthless, and then all of them one night uprise against their families and kill all the adults. Real children of the corn kind of moment. I know, right? 
So they're, they're 13 issues into the story right now, and the kids have been surviving on their own. They've had some mishaps with uh, delivery trucks and stuff like that coming in, where people have started to kind of suspect something's happened to the parents, the adults. Well, in the most recent issue, a cop got shot. Mm-hmm. So, of course, all the cops come, all the FBI comes, the news reporters are trying to figure out what's going on, and the kids are taking a real arrogant attitude about it. Uh, Lucas has basically told everybody else, they're not going to come in here and massacre a bunch of kids. Because it's the worst PR for, for all of them they could ever expect. So we're just going to lay low. Not going to cause any problems. We're going to refuse to talk to them. We're going to refuse to give them what they want. And honestly, there's nothing they can really do to us because they're not going to come in here. Which sounds pretty true. Yeah, it does. <laughs> you know, I can't imagine the FBI moving on a, a group of kids, even if they were horrible kids that killed their parents. Well, all of that's going well until a girl within the group uh, gets spooked by a reporter helicopter that's flying overhead and shoots it down with a rocket launcher. That was amazing, by the way. <laughs> and... Lucas is just like, no, what did you do? And all the other kids are freaking out because that gives the government they cause come, they're coming to, get them. to come in and get them. So the next issue and going forward, I expect this series to just be a bloodbath and just be crazy. All hell's breaking loose. It's been really good up to this point. Um, I don't think it's made our top three, but like one time. Yeah, I think so. But that's not because it's not a good book. It's just because it's been slightly less quality than some of the other ones we've read. I still really enjoy it, and it's definitely in my top ten books that I read. I honestly can't wait to read what happens next. I know. I'm excited about Sidekick 10 and Shelter 14. Absolutely. So, did we flip-flop on that one, too? Was that your number two? That was my number two. (laughs) That's funny. Well, you want me to jump into my book of the week, then? Yeah, sure. What was yours? New book. Gotham by Midnight, number one. Oh, yeah. It's being written by Ray Fox, who I'm not sure how I feel about his writing. Mm -hmm. He recently came out with a new image book called Intersect, (laughs) which I read, and I couldn't really get into it. It was really abstract and really odd. And the art style just didn't really gel with me. Like, I didn't really like it. And it's rare that I read a book that I just don't find any benefit from. But this was one of them. Gotham by Midnight's a little bit different story because it's set in the DC Universe. Characters you know. It follows Jim Corrigan, who is the Spectre. Mm-hmm. And the Gotham Police Department as they're investigating supernatural-related murders. And, of course, the artist on this series is Ben Templesmith. Hell yeah. Who's one of your absolute favorites. Oh, big time. <laughs> I love the art. I also am a big fan of Templesmith's. Uh, I like Ray Fox's writing on this first issue. Uh, it was really good. It wasn't my pick of the week, but it was a good book. And I'm excited to see what goes on going forward this series, because it's a, it's a very interesting take on Jim Corrigan and a very interesting take on his role within the Gotham Police Department. Well, you know, it's kind of edgy. I love how Temple Smith is drawing it, obviously, because, you know, I'm a fan of his. It just it just adds to the book, adds to the creepiness to it, brings up, you know, brings that darkness out. Of course, Batman showed up in there again, so... You know, he's going to be involved in there. And the way it ended, I'm like, okay, I got the creeps and I got the chills. I can't <laughs> wait for book two. So, yeah, it made my book of the week. I'm all into it. What was your book? Uh, mine was Dark Engine number four. Oh, man. It's being written by Ryan Burton and drawn by John Bivens. If you remember, we talked about Dark Engine one. I think it was our pick of the week when the series first started. Mm-hmm. And I, I made a lot of comparisons between it and The Terminator. Yeah, you did. Uh, it's about this girl who has been raised and bred to be sent back in time to try to stop whatever event brings about this horrible, awful post-apocalyptic world they live in. You know, there's this dragon guy who rules over everybody. There's giant monsters. Humanity's all but wiped out. They all live in these, like, giant towering spires where they try to huddle together and survive. And it's just really, like, the most horrible place you could imagine. Would you die laughing if she said... I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> I might have, actually. <laughs> so, Dark Engine 4 is her coming into contact with some Vikings, some mm-hmm. pirate guys. I mean, all these, like, super tough, macho, bravado-filled guys that want to take her on because, you know, even though they've seen her take out other people, they're like, screw that, I'm not going to lose to a little girl. And they try to fight the girl that's been sent back. She kicks their asses, of course. Jeez, how many times could she get wounded? 
She takes a beating like nobody I've ever seen and just survives through it. And there's this huge, <laughs> huge twist. It's a huge twist. That I did not see coming that I absolutely loved. I was like, what the fuck? And my comparison to Terminator become even more accurate. Uh, really, by them sending her back to try to prevent the future, they pretty much guarantee the future. So go back in time. I love this series. If you haven't checked it out yet, I highly recommend doing it. Uh, or you can wait for the trade to come out, which should be pretty soon, I imagine. Uh, just this week, I actually ended up talking to Ryan Burton, and we're going to have him on the show in a couple weeks. So That's going to be cool, man. Oh, my God. We can ask him all kinds of crazy questions like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> I'm really excited for that. Oh, yeah. And I can ask him, what were you thinking? Because, holy Jesus. <laughs> uh, that's going to be really cool to have him on. Yeah, it's going to be great. I have to get all my questions in order because I don't know what the hell I'm going to ask him. <laughs> Definitely going to be fun. As you can probably tell, <laughs> listening to the show, uh, I'm I'm suffering from some illness, and so is Miguel. We're both uh, having problems with our throat, so there was no mugging involved. <laughs> there was no mugging, yeah, but, <laughs> but it's getting harder and harder to talk. I feel like I'm losing my voice a little bit. So we're gonna keep this real short today. Just want to say thank you to everybody for supporting us. You know, last week was the Thanksgiving episode, but since today's Thanksgiving, we're actually recording today. One more time, just want to say thanks to all of our listeners. We really appreciate everything you guys do for us. It means a lot to us. Uh, I want to say thank you to Brian David Marshall for coming on the show and talking to us this week. He's an awesome dude. has a really cool product he's going to tell you guys about on Kickstarter. Um, wanted to briefly touch on Constantine because it hasn't been getting a lot of viewers, and NBC has decided not to go ahead and order the full season's worth of episodes. They only ordered the first 13, which they had already slotted. If people start watching and those numbers improve, then they might continue with forth with more episodes and do a season two. As it stands right now, though, it looks like it's only going to be a 13-episode season, and then that's it. That's terrible. The show started out kind of slow, but I, I liked it a lot because I'm a fan of the character. By where they're at now, episode 5, they've really hit their stride. Episode 5 was really, really good. So if you're not watching Constantine and you have any interest at all in the character, check it out. On Friday, I mean, it comes on at like the worst possible time. It's like Friday at like 8 p.m. or something. Set your DVRs to record it. Sit down and watch it. You know, there's petitions online. Go out there, sign them. Try to keep the show alive because, you know, the, the world can use more comic book shows, even if they're not the best one. <laughs> I know. I mean, who, do they, who does NBC think they are? Fox? <laughs> Constantine's a good show. I enjoy it. I really do. I think the actor's a really good guy. Um, I mean, you got to give it this chance. I mean, it's going to wind up maybe like Supernatural. When they first started, people were really, like, you know, getting behind it. And then when it hit its stride in the first season, it developed a following. And as when the years on, you know, the CW didn't know what they were going to do with it. And then they got cult status and people were just like behind it and now look at them they're 10 seasons i got a feeling constantly could do the same thing but you can't do anything when you give them a crappy time slot to begin with yeah throwing them at friday at nine o'clock at night you you want it to fail you like you didn't even give an opportunity to to get people yeah that's absolutely true it's like okay we'll buy this but because it's not one of our shows or top mainstreams that we want there's actors we don't know we're just going to sit it here it's like we we waste the money we're just going to put it there come on guys and then you wonder why you lag in ratings behind the other networks. Thank you very much. <laughs> and that was your Thanksgiving rant by Miguel. That was not a rant. That was that was mere advice. You want a rant? I'll give you a rant. <laughs> no rants on Thanksgiving. Well, we're both pretty exhausted. And like I said, we're losing our voices. So yeah, let me give a quick shout out then. Brian, David, Marshall, appreciate you coming on. I backed your program too. I think it's going to be amazing. Uh, back to the same way my boy did. Now follow me on Twitter, man. Come on. Come on now, follow me on Twitter. I followed you. <laughs> thank everybody. Thanks to fans. Thank the minions. Thanks to the new followers that listen to us. Thanks to the new people that are liking Comical Podcasts. We wouldn't be doing this, you know, if you guys weren't behind us. We appreciate it. Thanks to our sponsor, Tweak Audio, for being there for us. Appreciate it. Thanks to Audible, who's there for us as well. You know, and all the great people we've met this year, and we're still going strong. And you know, 
Yeah, we are running out of voice, you can tell. <laughs> yeah. So without any further ado, here is the interview with Brian David Marshall. Enjoy it, guys, and we will see you next week. Welcome to the show, Brian. Hey, guys. Well, thanks for having me. We're excited to have you on. For those of you who don't know who Brian David Marshall is, he's a figurehead for the Magic the Gathering Pro Tour, among other things. That's what you used to do, right? Yeah, I used to, I used to play Magic, and I was on the Pro Tour for about a year. I was one of the few guys that did well with Valakut, which, if you don't know Magic, you have no idea what I'm talking about, but <laughs> Brian probably knows what that is. I know exactly <laughs> what that is. What, uh, which Pro Tours did you play in? Uh, I played in uh, Austin, San Diego, San Juan, and then uh, one other one. I can't remember which one. Okay. That was a good, that was a good run. That was, that was, there was some good events there. Yeah, I got 17th at San Diego. That was my best finish. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I mean, I yeah. kind of stepped away from the game a little bit, focused more on comics and more on the family and all that kind of stuff. But I, I loved it when I was doing it. Yeah, I, I just I just found out that I had my 20 year anniversary with Magic earlier this month. Oh, wow. That's awesome. I, uh, yeah. 20 years ago, I ran my first Magic tournament, which sort of got me going down this road. I had been uh, I had been uh, oh, a comic guy up until that point and was was working uh, with a chain of comic stores when I found Magic. So and like November twelfth, nineteen ninety four, I ran my first Magic tournament and you know it was pretty close to the inception of the game, right? Yeah, yeah. About the game game started in ninety three with Alpha pretty hard to find, and then like ninety four was uh, they already had a couple releases and stuff, but that was you know it was still pretty early on in the game's life cycle. Cool. Yeah. I know back in the day I used to play Magic a lot at the comic book store. You used to tell me you used to go there. and Yeah, I've, I've been playing since uh, 1996. So I've been around since like Ice Age. I was just going to say, that sounds that sounds an awful lot like Ice Age to me. Yeah, I, I got, you know, I've quit a few times and come back to it. And it's something that I, I really enjoy. And I still play uh, for fun with a lot of my other retired friends, but not not seriously, not like I used to. Because it's a huge time dedication. And, and yeah, yeah. so is podcasting. So is family. <laughs> Everything takes a lot of time. So something's yeah, got to go somewhere. You've got to go the commander route. Like you build one deck and just keep it with you and you guys get to play and kind of, you know, it's very much like old school magic when you started, you know, it's like singleton deck. So, uh, you know, you only get to have one copy of any card in the deck and you're constantly tuning it and tweaking it and trying to beat your friends. It's it's actually a pretty nice way to, to sort of play the game casually and, you know, make minor adjustments as new cards come out. Yeah. I mean, you're playing so much. I mean, you almost had me wanting to start and I had no clue. And you're like, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm looking at the cards I'm like, what is this? <laughs> and then remember, I told you, you could download the free thing on PlayStation 3. Mm-hmm. Du- Duels of the Planeswalkers. Yeah. And so I started messing around with that. And I'm like, I have no idea what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> I suck. It's a lot of fun. If you've never played, you know, and it was always something you saw people doing at the lunch tables at your school or something. You know, you, you owe it to yourself to at least check it out because it is a really fun game and there's a lot of really awesome people you can meet through the game. Uh, you don't always have to take it as far as I did and, and devote your entire life to it for a couple of years. <laughs> but, you know, just playing casually, a lot of people really enjoy that. Yeah, but my young kid that plays Pokemon uh, in the cards with his friends, he really... That's a gateway game. Yeah, he understands <laughs> what I'm saying. He understands it. And he was looking at the cards and I think he asked me for some the other day. So I'm like, oh my gosh. So I haven't told him who we have on the show yet. So I'll tell him later. Yeah, before I string him along into that other stuff, <laughs> and it cost me more money. <laughs> well, looking at your uh, bio and everything, Brian, I realized you used to write comics. Yeah, I. Uh, well, I, mean, I mean, I guess I, I technically still do. I don't always publish them, but uh, yeah, no, I, I started out my career writing for a company called Deluxe Comics, which is going back longer than I want to admit to. But uh, I got to, I got to my first story I sold. Uh, I got to have Rich Buckler pencil and ink it. And then I, uh, I actually did a story that Kyle Baker drew, and I wrote a story that uh, Paul Smith drew. 
Wow. Yeah, uh, awesome. which is which is where I got my start. And then I I was publishing comics and uh, I created a series for Marvel Comics called the Craptacular B Sides, which is a early two thousands. It was just kind of like where where Marvel had that little bit of an indie bent going on, and it was like these kind of you know, basically crappy superheroes. Not not like they were crappy because they weren't powerful, but because they just had that kind of like that sort of slacker mentality and they didn't really know how to apply themselves and they kind of expected all these great things to happen to them. They were and, the B-list, right? <laughs> yeah, well, that's, yeah, they were the craptacular B-sides, exactly. <laughs> <Makes sense. laughs> and uh, and so that, that uh, you know, I did a couple issues of that with Brett Weldley and some Sam Keith covers and I got to... Uh, Write a Captain America story too, with Igor Corday doing the artwork. That's pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, I imagine it's a lot of fun taking a character so well established and getting to play around with him a little bit. Uh, okay, writing Captain America was was a dream come true for me. Actually, it's uh, you know just there's something so I mean obviously so iconic, but also just like so, just so much essential. You know that that essential like what makes a superhero comic great uh, in, in his character and and you know and and his sort of. You know, that idea, like, you know, it's not just this, ultimately, this superhero, right? It's it's the base person that you started with, right? You know, it's like, you know, not anyone could have been Batman, right? Like, you know, it, it had to be specifically Bruce Wayne that those series of events occurred to for him to become the Batman. And the same thing as Captain America. It's not just someone who got the super soldier serum, right? It was specifically Steve Rogers and this very specific, you know, moral code and, you right. know, just, you know, moral core that, you know, leads him to be who he is. Uh, you know, he's just a, a great character to me. Well, seeing you got the right comments back in the day, and now uh, we'll use Captain America. And now, I mean, how do you feel how they took him the last couple of years, and how do you feel about the change up now with the Falcon being Captain America? You know, I mean, I think I, I've I've been around the, the block enough times, so, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see if two years from now Steve Rogers isn't Captain America, you know, somehow rejuvenated and Captain America again. But, you know, I mean, I'm I'm always interested to see where those rides go. I'm, I'm kind of excited to see it. You know, I think I think it, I think it's an interesting story. And you know, I I always kind of want to see if they can have the the gumption to to stick with it, right? Yeah. You know, that'll be that'll be more interesting to me, right? Like it's it's one thing to make the change, but then it's another thing to actually say, yeah, you know what? This is our Captain America going forward. I think I think it's based on success. I mean, if they make a change and it's so overwhelmingly <laughs> popular, maybe they'll stick with it. But it doesn't happen too often. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I'm excited. I'm excited about uh, Anthony Mackie, you know, getting to be in Captain America movies at some point, <laughs> you know, as Captain America. That would be kind of cool. Yeah. Well, so. speaking of modern comics, uh, is there anything you read in particular that you really enjoy? So, you know, it's funny. I'm, I am not. I know you guys are, are big, right? It's like it's Wednesday. Get the new comics and read them. I've sort of moved away from that. I, I tend to be a collection guy now. And so, like, I will dip, you know, all throughout the last few years of comics and, and reading stuff. So. For me, the thing that I've been obsessed with lately is uh, the run of Matt Fraction and Aja on uh, Hawkeye. And oh, yeah, it's been great. It's been amazing. And then digging back into their, their Iron Fist stuff. And uh, the comic, I actually just, you know, and, and this is, I'm sure, old news to a lot of listeners, but, like, I just picked up four trades and tore through them, was um, GCPD, which I, I loved. I, I thought it was just absolutely terrific. So, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like, a, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a dabbler. You know, I, I'll, I'll just I, it's like, you know, like the way we watch TV now. I want to binge my comics. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to completely I understand. A, I want to find a run. Of tra- I don't I can't I can't do it. Like I made the mistake of catching up watching Arrow on TV. And now I have to watch Arrow every week like it's a floppy comic. You know, I, <laughs> I don't want to do that. I want to I want to wait somehow figure out a way to wait until season three is over and watch it all at once. 
It's hard to do when there's so many spoilers out there, though. Yeah, <laughs> that no, of course. Me. <laughs> I can't do but, that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, exactly. So, uh, so, but yeah, so that, those those have been those have been the things that uh, I got. Uh, you know, I work with uh, Steve Ellis and uh, his comic, The Only Living Boy, that he does with Dave Gallagher is, is probably the, the the one comic that I, you know, as soon as they release an issue, I'm, I I devour it. I love what those guys have been doing on that book. You know, something very different. It feels like, uh, you know, Wizard of Oz meets Edgar Rice Burroughs. Uh, you know, it's it's just a, a phenomenal comic. And Steve is just one of my favorite artists. He, he straddles games, comics, digital games. You know, he's all over the place. He's he's done role playing games, trading card game art. He's he's just he's just an amazing uh, creator. Well, it sounds like an interesting book. I'll have to check it out. Oh yeah, they 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 did it. Actually, they you know they they've done it almost entirely through Kickstarter. Have published it themselves uh, through their studio, Bottle Lightning. There's uh, actually you can get it for free online. You know they they do something where like the book is uh, sponsored. <laughs> so you know there's there's plenty of ways to find. It. If you just search for it, you'll find plenty of uh, ways to get the content for free in, in a way that you're not hurting them. <laughs> okay, I'll do that. Then I'll check it out. Yeah. So you were mentioning something earlier. I know a lot of people we talk to because we, uh, I mean, you said we, we do buy all the comics and we do do a lot of reading and whatnot, Ben's reading pretty much. <laughs> Half the time stories start to run into each other. But a lot of people we talk to, they buy the trades and whatnot. And you said you collect. And last week we had a pretty good question for one of our people uh, that came on the show. What is your holy grail? What is the book that you need to have or do you already have it? You know, I've, I have a pretty good collection right now of hardcover first editions of crime and science fiction books. And over the years, I've sold my comics, my baseball cards, or my magic cards even at different times. And so my comic collection is pretty sparse. And if there's one thing that, for me, I absolutely regret not having anymore and, you know, have my eye on replacing and, and putting in a sort of enshrined place is uh is fantastic Four, forty eight, forty nine, and 50 hmm. for silver surfer and galactus yeah i had i had gem mint copies of those books i mean and just which is difficult because you always want to open them up and read them right <laughs> <laughs> i'm, I'm uh, familiar with that that quandary <laughs> yeah and they're they're just and then i think the other thing right now is what i'm you know, not necessarily a holy grail, but you know, I'm hoping my wife is within earshot, and I'm hoping she's listening. You know, because as she does her Christmas shopping, um, the artist edition of Walt Simonson's Manhunter that okay. just came out from IDW, or the Born Again by Dave Mazzucchelli. Either one of those would be, you know, pretty much the only thing I want under my Christmas tree. So awesome, pretty cool. Well, we talked about some comics you like. Now let's talk about your current project, Emergence Genesis. Yeah, you know, I, I uh, so I had an opportunity. Uh, a couple of years ago to create a superhero universe, which was designed to exist in a, in a gaming as a gaming, uh, brand, essentially, uh, created, uh, 70 characters worked with a number of artists, Amanda Connor, Lee motor, uh, Giancarlo Caracuzza, uh, Steve Riley, Jamal Igel, and, uh, predominantly, I mentioned him earlier, Steve Ellis who I, I just uh, have a tremendous amount of uh, time and affection for, and uh, created these characters in this world, and uh, you know, which were used in a, a digital game called uh, Legacy of Heroes. And uh, in our superhero world, uh, the, the characters, as they develop their powers, they're, they're called emergents, right? Because their powers develop as, as they're teenagers, and uh, we, we created this whole world. And then 
uh, I, I now own the rights to those characters and, and uh, have uh, been putting together a deck building game called Emergence Genesis, which features the uh, original uh, emerging characters in our universe called the Genesis Squadron, which is Professor Helios, uh, Moxie, Billy Stopless, and the Abyss. And uh, we're, we're doing this, this deck building game. We've been doing it on Kickstarter. We're getting really close. We're, we're well over 50% with about three weeks to go in the campaign. And uh, I, don't know, I don't know if you guys have ever played a deck building game I've had friends it's, that have been telling me for a long time to check out a couple of different ones. Yeah, like Dominion was the game that invented the category, and then it was iterated on and, and, and changed. Uh, so there's, you see a game like Ascension, or you know Marvel has you know there's the Marvel Legendary game. You know there's, there's a Star Trek one. There's there's a lot of them. Uh, it's a, it's a great, it's it's a really fun way to play, uh, especially if you like card games, right? Because what you do is you're each turn purchasing, you know, paying for to acquire cards from a common area, you know, common like, uh, you know, layout of cards. And uh, what you do is and every time you buy a card, it goes into your discard pile. And then once you can't draw cards anymore, you shuffle your discard pile into your deck. So the cards you buy every time you go through your deck, those cards make their way into your card draws and then you start playing those cards and using those cards to buy more cards and to do things and uh, and it's a really interesting way because I uh, play because each time you play you know you see different cards you you develop different strategies and you you customize this different deck and it's really perfect for this because you know, th- you know when you think about like that kind of experience it really tied into what the emergence were about or like about developing your powers and about learning how to harness them and uh, you know, there's this real narrative tie-in to the to the game mechanic. So you know, you you play the game as one of, you know, about a dozen different superheroes, and use your power. You have a base power with your character, and uh, as you you sort of draft these cards and build your deck, you develop powers. And one of the, one of the I guess criticisms you'll see a lot of times with deck building games is they become very mechanical and very non-interactive. You'll sit there and just kind of build your deck and then your deck, you know, you'll have some win condition. It's like draw 25 cards and acquire this many points and you win. And that's, that's not what superheroes do. And sometimes you'll see some that are cooperative and, you know, but we, we kind of like, you know, uh, we, we aim for something a little more classic. You've got to beat the snot out of everybody else to win. <laughs> so not only are you learning to develop your powers, but you know, you know, this is essentially throwing these four characters or, you know, if you're, you're playing with four players, it's essentially throwing them into the danger room and saying last person standing wins. So, you know, they're all fighting each other and you're trying to not only develop your deck and hone your powers, but you're also trying to defend yourself against your opponents and beat your opponents. Sounds, so a lot of, sounds a lot more complicated than it actually is. There's a lot of narrative elements of the artwork, you know, all the artists, comic book panels, uh, you know, drawn by again, you know, that sort of list of people that I rattled off before. Right. And so, you know, if, you know, you, even if you're just not someone who's super familiar with that type of game, you know, you'd be like, oh, Professor Helios, oh, there's a card with Professor Helios on it. I probably want to get that. <laughs> you know, and you'll start to, you'll start to figure stuff out and piece it together. But it's, it's a super fun way to play a game and, uh, it, it really captures the, the idea of just like four really incredibly powerful, uh, you know, superhuman beings going, okay, guys, let's, 
let's put ourselves through our paces and see who wins. So does it require does it the game require four players to play? No, you can play you can play heads up, you can play three player, you can play four player. You know, there there's some stretch goals in the campaign and you know, or if you have enough of um there's some base cards. You could you could actually even play, you know, if you had two sets, you could play up to eight players even. You you know, it's it's and it'd be like, I'm gonna punch you. <laughs> <laughs> it's super fun and uh can be played very flavorfully and very narratively. Uh, but it could also be played, you know, if you're if you're a hardcore gamer, Justin, like like uh, you might, uh, <laughs> you, you know, you might you might really enjoy, you know, some of the, the, the tactical and, and strategic elements of the game as well. I'm sure I will. I already uh, I actually backed the Kickstarter for one of the oh, awesome. thank you, Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to try it out. I'll be back in here pretty soon myself. Yeah. I can totally see myself as a strong harm. <laughs> right, man. I do my talking with my fists. Yeah. No, it's it's. The, the the yeah there's there's some cards in there that'll that'll if you if you like that kind of like just like you know what this is all a little too fine and fancy for me i'm gonna punch something then uh strong harms are for you they they they, they <laughs> that's that's miguel <laughs> <laughs> i saw some of the pictures i know one one of them said moxie yeah moxie is, Mo- <laughs> moxie, yeah she is she's she was uh designed the the original drawing for her was by amanda connor who knows a thing or two about drawing, you know, strong female superheroes. And, uh, she, uh, she is the, she is basically the biggest, baddest, toughest character in our universe. Hmm. She is a, a total badass. But if anyone else, if you, if you're playing Moxie, when you play the game, anyone else, everyone else is in for a, a tough fight. I'll keep that in mind. Uh, don't <laughs> give me the secrets. <laughs> <laughs> the game sounds really cool. I mean, it's something I'll definitely love to play. My kids will probably enjoy it. But then when you mentioned Amanda Connor was involved, she did some drawing. Uh, you got me even more now. <laughs> yeah, that, well, the, the the art, if you look at that card, Rage Before Beauty, uh, the art on that card is by Amanda Connor. See, there it is, Justin. Pretty cool, right? I know, I know she's one of your favorites, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've, I've known her for a long time. I, I remember I remember when she was drawing Barbie comics at Marvel. It was <laughs> like, why, why isn't she drawing superhero comics? She's so badass. And I, I actually, um, I used to work with, uh, you guys know uh, Crusade Comics, Billy Tucci, she... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I we, so I was I was the editor in chief there for the first uh, year or so of that book, and uh, we did we actually did a book uh, that was a spinoff from She called Tomoe, and Amanda Connor that uh, was like her first like superhero or you know like kind of like serious you know badass comic title. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, she's she's amazing. I've I've known Jimmy Jimmy Palmiotti. Basically, the the reason I'm married is because of Jimmy. He uh, he introduced me to my wife. I'm a, excuse me. I'm a, I'm choking up here. I'm a big fan of Jimmy as well. We <laughs> yeah, he and, he and I he and I grew up in Brooklyn. You know, didn't grow up together, but we we you know we we were very childlike together for a number of years. So it feels like we grew up together. So you go for the cycle. Do you know Chad Harding? What's that? Do you know Chad Harding? No, I don't. I don't. I know the <laughs> name, but I I don't I don't know him. Yeah, Amanda and Jimmy are working on Harley Quinn right now. Yeah, Chad, Chad Harding is their artist. Yeah, no, I yeah, I, I don't uh, I haven't I haven't met him. He he's he's after my time. <laughs> <laughs> well, all that sounds pretty awesome. Is there a place where people can go to check out the Kickstarter? Do you have an yeah, address? A- a- absolutely. If you so if you go to Kickstarter and put in Emergence Genesis, you'll you'll see our campaign there. Uh, you can go to Facebook and we have Emergence Genesis uh, deck building game as a page there that you can go to. Um you know, if you follow me on Twitter at Top Eight Games, I'm tweeting about it pretty much nonstop until we cross the threshold. Because <laughs> you know, it's pretty nerve wracking. 
I got to tell you something. We've we've had a lot of people with their Kickstarters come on our show this year, and every single one of them except for one has been successful. So okay, we're gonna so, hope that this ha- happens. <laughs> we're trying to keep so, our streak alive. Yeah, all right. I, I, I and yeah, well, I'll, I'm gonna do my best. <laughs> but <laughs> we we're, we're getting we're 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 close. We're we're you know we have an eighteen thousand dollar goal, which is pretty modest, and uh, we're about one backer away from ten thousand uh, as we as we speak right now. So. Uh, you know, with, with three weeks to go, so I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident that we're gonna, we're gonna get there. Yeah, I'm sure you will too. Yeah, we're gonna have like the box cover uh, is going up on Monday. Steve Ellis did this just utterly bonkers piece of artwork for the box that uh, is is gonna just you know blow people away and you know somehow manage to jam all sorts of like story and narrative into you know a single p- piece of artwork. It's it's phenomenal, so uh, I'm I'm really excited about this. Uh, this is this is like two completely different careers that I've had just coming together into into one place. Yeah, that's got to be awesome for you. Yeah, yeah. We'll see if I get if I get there, right? You know, <laughs> yeah, you'll get there. We have faith. Yeah. <laughs> I just followed you on Twitter. Oh, awesome! <laughs> I just I just got a Twitter notification. <laughs> Look at that. Don't even say it, doesn't. <laughs> that, uh, are you Lord Horsticles? Yes, that's me. <laughs> there we go. I would have loved it if he said Horsticles. <laughs> what is I, uh, I tend to do the the stupid things on the show. Uh, I voice Merman. I have many different personalities. Uh, we have Horsticles. He's the right. front. The thinks he's the emperor. Dude, you're followed by the lo- only. You're followed by only Living Boy, and Jimmy Palmiotti. Yeah. Yes. There you go. So both both people we were talking about there. Yeah, we were, we were actually trying to get Jimmy on the show. We've talked to him several times, and he's always like, I'm kind of busy right now. Hit me up again. Hit me up again. So maybe one day. <laughs> yeah, well, J- Jimmy and I have been talking about doing a game together. So if we do, I'll make him I'll – ma- I'll, I'll, I'll drag him on with me. Oh, oh wow. Be, that'll <laughs> be picking me off the floor. <laughs> I'm going to the ground. Miguel, you okay? You alive? <laughs> well, one thing that we ask all of our guests to do is uh, tell us a funny story. Okay, uh, so uh, I had uh, I had worked in the comic book industry for a number of years. I uh, had so- sold my publishing company and went to you know off to go get a real job, and was you know working in public relations, which is not something I recommend if you like your soul, <laughs> uh, you know. And so I I uh, I left. I, I just walked away from that, and I said, you know, I just got I just need to get back into the comic industry. This is what makes me happy you know i love comics yeah. uh and i i love you know working so I, I i did got back into it the same way i got started in it i went to uh my local comic book store so i uh i started doing public relations and event marketing for jim hanley's universe in new york city and so this is uh early 90s and you know this is right around the launch of image comics and so you know we're doing a number of we, d- we did a jim lee signing for wildcats and we did a, uh, I think we did a Mark Silvestri signing, and then we had a Rob Liefeld signing for Young Blood Number One, Man. and it was it was crazy, right? Like line around the block, like just wrapped around the corner, you know, middle of Manhattan, 
you know, in the shadow of the Empire State Building, just like people like, people, what, what, what is this line for? Oh, you know, Rob Liefeld Youngblood. They're like, oh, I saw that on the Dennis Miller show last night. You know, like, you know, just like kind of just this incredible zeitgeist of, of you know, the, the, the image comic era. And, uh, and Rob is, you know, kind of, you know, at the sort of peak of his confidence and, and he's, he's very, he's very excited and, and, uh, you know, very proud and, you know, he's, he's still- yeah, he's, he's just, he's just holding court, you know, as he's <laughs> doing stuff and, you know, we're, you know, getting people through the signing and we, uh, <laughs> yeah, he says, you know who I loved, you know, who, you know, who was just a great comic book artist like, I don't know who, I don't know who, who I'm curious who, you know, who his big influences are here. And he's like, Dave Mazzucchelli. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I mean, who everyone loves year one. You know, Dave. He's like, it's a shame Dave Mazzucchelli doesn't do comics anymore. I'm like, well, that's just not true. <laughs> Actually, Dave Mazzucchelli just released a comic last week. Uh, he does a comic called uh, Rubber Blanket. It's, uh, it's, you know, this, it's very much a you know in the tradition of raw magazine it's it's this oversized you know it's about it's about printing technique it's about graphic design it's you know it's it's gorgeous and he's like he just stands up he's like why why didn't anybody tell me he's like stop the signing (laughs) stop the signing i just found out that dave mazzucchelli is still making comics Somebody bring me a rubber blanket. <laughs> bring me a rubber blanket. People are muttering up. What's going on? What is this? And so, you know, someone goes and gets, you know, rubber blanket. <laughs> Number three, just come out. And they bring it and they hand it to, to Rob Liefeld, who, who looks like probably like you or I on Wednesday of New Comics Day. He can't believe it. He's going to see a new comic by the guy who did Daredevil Born Again. Right. And he gets the comic and he starts flipping through it. And, you know, it, it is, it looks like it's drawn with pieces of charcoal and, you know, like splashes of ink and abstract storytelling. And it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. I mean, I love it, but it's not quite what Rob's expecting. And he just starts flipping the pages, flipping the pages and, and he takes it and he like kind of crumples it in one hand and he flings it to the ground. He's like, has he lost his fucking mind? <laughs> That's a, a rarely told comic book funny story that I have. <laughs> That's great. Wow. <laughs> it, it's, a, it's also Dave Mazzucchelli's favorite story. If you ever meet Dave Mazzucchelli and add, just say to him, has he lost his fucking mind? And he, <laughs> He will love you. He'll know exactly what it is. You do that, not me. My <laughs> <laughs> people already want to punch me in the face. <laughs> you wear the horse head mask. Yeah, this, this, this is right. This is not an elaborate setup to get Dave Mezkelly to punch you in the face. I promise. <laughs> with my horse head mask, on. right? Or should I do it with my merman? Have you lost your fucking mind? <laughs> he'll still probably. He'll still probably laugh. That's freaking awesome. See, man, this is a great show. We get to get good guests on. We get to hear stories you would never, ever hear. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, Brian, Brian is awesome. Glad, glad you yeah. agreed to come on the show. Oh, man. yes. Yeah, and, and I'll tell you some, you know, next time we're both at a comic convention, or I'll tell you some that are not, even with your generous uh, broadcast, uh, you know, parameters, I uh, would feel less comfortable telling, but I, I've got some other ones I could, I could tell you in the future. <laughs> <laughs> well, you bring. Uh, you mentioned something there. What conventions do you go to? Are you going to come to anyone's here in Texas anytime soon? Or you? Oh, st- yeah. 
Well, I mean, I, I do, I do, obviously I do, you know, all the magic pro tours mm-hmm. and uh, big shows. I know there's going to be a uh, grand prix in San Antonio this weekend. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be going there. Uh, I always go to San Diego comic-con. I usually go to kamikaze in LA. Uh, I almost always go to New York comic-con. Um, you know, trying to extend that to include, uh, the Asbury comic-con this year. Um, and that, that's, those are kind of the, the shows that I do pretty consistently, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, depending on, on what's going on, I mean, I, you know, I'll, I'll do, you know, almost any, any, any show that, you know, there's an opportunity to, uh, you know, see people that I like and do stuff that I enjoy. I, I'll, I'll tend to, you know, find a way to get there. Yeah. Well, the dream for us, obviously, is San Diego, but we're probably hopefully going to make it to New York this year, uh, this year coming up. Okay. Yeah. So hopefully we'll be there. I mean, we're, we're working on it right now. Yeah. Um, well, let me know that this is, this is my backyard. So, you know, we'll go get it. We'll go get a Katz's pastrami sandwich. Sounds like a plan. I know. And right. Show you, <laughs> and, and, and show you why Chicago is completely incorrect about pizza. All right. <laughs> so I'm just going to throw that down. Just enrage some portion of your audience right there. <laughs> well, my wife's from Buffalo, so she probably would agree with you that <laughs> way better. I've only brought so, shitty pizza in Texas. So shame. <laughs> I bring you a slice, yeah, man, but that's a lot. You guys, you guys get good barbecue though. We do have the best barbecue. Yeah. We have, we have a, we have a place here called Hill country that, uh, opened up and it, it's modeled after, uh, the Dallas barbecue. Uh, you know, like the, you know, you come in, they give you the ticket and, you know, you're like, how many pounds of ribs do you want? Yeah. You know, and it's, 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 it's fantastic. And it's, it's, it's made me a convert to actually the Dallas barbecue style. That's funny. In my hometown, my hometown is like less than a hundred people. They opened a restaurant down the street from the post office that <laughs> serves barbecue. And on Saturday, it's Saturday pretty much from whenever they open up till they run out. It's all you can eat barbecue. Oh my God. And we have several towns that surround the Little Bitty Town. They all come down, and it's just, just small. There's no place to walk, park, or anywhere any, on those streets. <laughs> so, yeah. And I, since I live down the road from it, in the morning when I'm out walking the dog, the smell, the wind always blows my way. So that's the first thing I smell when I walk out the door. It's like, man, <laughs> I don't know where I'm going for lunch. <laughs> oh, wow. That's I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm, All-you-can-eat all barbecue seems like a dangerous proposition for me. Ten ninety nine. It's a dangerous proposition for any gamer, I think. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, that's pretty much all we got for the show today, guys. I want to remind everybody that you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at, at Comical Podcast. Uh, my personal Twitter is at Comical Podcast. Miguel's at Comical Podcast Two. Heather's at Comical Podcast Three. You can find Brian. Uh, I'm at Top Eight Games on Twitter, and uh, you know, you, I, I write a weekly column for the. Wizards of the Coast website, uh, dailymtg.com, you know, talking about competitive magic. And then, uh, you know, you can also find our, our game on Kickstarter, you know, Emergence Genesis. And then on Facebook, we have the uh, Emergence Genesis uh, deck building game page. And, you know, if you want to if you want to go ahead and like that, that would be awesome. Go out there and do it, guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, remind everybody, you can find us on iTunes and Stitcher. We're really trying to get those numbers up. So if you go out there and leave us a five-star review, we'd really appreciate it. And that's pretty much it. You want to close out the show, Brian? I'll definitely do that. Keep on laughing, bitches. <laughs>